Blog Talk Radio. This is BC Radio Live with Philip and Eric. Live online at blogtalkradio.com slash bcradio. Aloha. Welcome to BC Radio Live for January 30th, 2008. Tonight on the show, Morgan Gunther will tell us how Airplay.com call the play football, changing the way fans watch football and Super Bowl 42 specifically. Before that, singer-songwriter Greg Laswell will be on the program, and we'll hear about his upcoming EP, How the Day Sounds. Before that, we'll talk with Louise Lowe, the executive producer of Off-Duty Limits Presents Hardly Strictly Bluegrass Festival, which premieres this weekend. First, we'll take just a minute to check in on the BC Radio Network with some of our support shows. Chat Room is now open at blogtalkradio.com slash bcradio, and the video feed will soon be running. I am Philip Wynn, Chief Geek at BC Magazine, and I'm joined tonight by Eric Olson, founder and publisher of BC Magazine. Hi, Eric. Hi, Philip. How are you? I'm doing quite well, realizing that uh, I waited a bit too late to actually launch the chat room, so the video feed is still not quite running, but that's all right. So are you guys all frizzed down there? It's, you know, it's snowing in places like Jerusalem and all over China and places that don't normally get this kind of terrible weather. How are you guys doing down there in the Dallas area? That's pretty comfortable, actually. We've we've been remarkably chilly, and uh, it finally is starting to warm up, so I'm feeling pretty comfortable. We are really, really cold in Ohio. (laughs) Good. No, I mean, uh, we're also joined tonight by Lisa McKay, the executive producer of BC Magazine. Welcome, Lisa. Hi. It's good, it's good to have you on the show. We are not snowing, and we are not particularly cold. Here oh, you will be. Ha ha. Yeah, I imagine <laughs> so. I know it moves from your part of the country right to our part of the country. Yeah, we get the preview. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it went from uh, 54, I think it was here yesterday, to, you know, like zero overnight. Oh, nasty. We're still in the 40s, so I guess we're going to be getting colder as the weekend progresses. Yes, and here we are doing a weather report. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, let's let's talk about something a little more on topic, perhaps. We've we've mentioned a few times that our BC Radio Network keeps growing by leaps and bounds. Um, the BC Sports Radio Network, which I just coined, uh, it's it's actually really where the action is. Uh, let's talk with BC Sports host Matt Sussman. Uh, welcome to the show, Matt. Good evening, and I coined that phrase about a week and a half ago, but I'll let you take the credit for it. Oh, well, you didn't tell anyone. So I'm d- no. Okay, fine. No, I, I actually <laughs> believe that our main our main sports host would have coined that phrase. So, uh, well, uh, Treehouse Sport is our flagship sports show, and Matt, you uh, and Tuffy air that on Monday and Friday nights at 8 p.m. But we're actually here tonight to talk about a new show called Frozen Chosen, and I'm I'm not sure how well that. Uh, it takes me a while to say it myself, but I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to catch on. Uh, it debuted last week. Uh, it's a show dedicated to hockey, and uh, last week they actually had a two-hour sort of premiere show. We actually went for the full two hours. It's going to be uh, an hour, though, from now on, Fridays at 9, right after uh, our show is done on Friday, and then everyone is obligated then to switch over and listen to Jeeves talk about hockey. So basically, Eastern Times, Treehouse Fort with Suss and Tuffy runs from 8 to 9, and then Frozen Chosen with Jeeves runs from 9 to 10? That's right, and then you've got Sal's, uh, Sal Marinello's Performance Enhancing Radio at 8 on Tuesdays, and then he's got the Health and Fitness Show Saturdays at 11 a.m. We're really trying to just take over the entire BC radio network, but uh, we'll just stick to having our own sports network. You're you're at less than half the number of shows so far, Seth, and I don't think we're going to let you ever quite catch up. No, because we keep expanding. We 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 on the sports periphery keep expanding. So so there. Ha-ha. Right. We we talked to an, uh, another potential host this afternoon. In fact, so you know we're trying to catch up with you guys, trying to keep ahead of you guys. Well, that sounds like a challenge to me. So I guess we're going to have to do some doubles badminton shows and a curling show. <laughs> well, I knew curling was coming. In fact, isn't this the curling season? This is the curling season. The Canadians have their championship in about a month, uh, and then the world's right after that. I'm, I'm not sure where they are. but uh, You haven't seen the curling coverage this year. It'll get there. Don't worry. I actually watched my first curling uh, competition 
actually this past weekend, and I still get CBC here in Michigan. So I'll I'll get my fill, and, and I'll pass it on the savings on to you guys. Well, maybe maybe Jeeves will let you talk about curling on his Frozen Shosen show. <laughs> if Hathaway wouldn't let me do it on the first iteration of BC Radio, I doubt Jeeves is going to permit that on his own show. Well, they both take place on smooth ice. That's actually not true, but we'll get into uh, what that's about. So, it, it, it's well, it is ice, ice anyway. It's, it's bumpy. It's bumpy ice. It's not smooth ice. Okay, but it's ice. The more you know, NBC. <laughs> there you go. Well, Treehouse Sport with Suss and Tuffy is on Monday and Friday nights at 8 p.m. And Sal Marinello has two weekly shows. Performance Enhancing Radio is on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. And Health and Fitness Advice is on Saturdays at 11 a.m. All times Eastern, by the way. Uh, be sure to check out Frozen Chosen, and, and I should clarify that that is uh, S-H-O-W-Z-E-N, Frozen Chosen with Jeeves on Friday nights at 9 p.m. immediately after Treehouse Sport. Thanks for, uh, thanks for spending time with us, Matt. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. I'll listen to the show uh, from a quiet location. <laughs> All right. Well, Austin City Limits presents Hardly Strictly Bluegrass Festival is another thing I have to say relatively slowly to make sure I get through it all. Uh, it will air nationally on PBS beginning this Friday at 10 p.m. on KQED and on most public television stations starting this Saturday, February 2nd. Here with us tonight is Louise Lowe, the executive producer of the show. Welcome to BC Radio Live, Louise. Thank you. Glad yes, to be here. Very good. Uh, we're glad to have you here. We were uh, talking a little bit before the show. Uh, I know Lisa expressed interest in uh, checking it out this Saturday, and I, I'm sure I'll tune it in as well. Fantastic. I hope you like it. I have seen it. Ha-ha. <laughs> I, I got the preview disc, and I, I popped it in. Fortunately, I put the the uh, the screener, as they're called in the parlance, into my... HD DVD player, because lo and behold, it came out in HD, to my amazement. I'm sitting there watching what I thought was just some some regular old scummy, scummy, scummy uh, screener. But no, it's in HD, and I've got, wow, look at the details. I can see all the hippies doing the acid dance out in the audience. I mean, way, way back, the 500,000 person. Anyway, it's really, really good. I enjoyed it very much. I, I am a a moderate bluegrass fan. I've sort of waxed and waned throughout my life. My The school I went to in Ohio many, many years ago had a bluegrass festival, and we enjoyed that very much. But, you know, my interest has sort of waxed and waned. But, boy, it's really a great lineup, and it's really fun the way the crowd and the just the whole feel, the ambience, is mixed in with the performers. And basically it's a, it's a one-song-per-performer format, so you do get to see everyone. The sound is great. It's it's really a tremendous production. Well, I'm so glad that you liked it. Um, you know, it's uh, the festival is really an institution. It's becoming one here because this is the um, seventh year that it's been on, and it's a free concert. Um, so, of course, you know, hundreds of thousands of people come out, and it was a beautiful weekend. So we were really lucked out on the production and. Um, you know, it's hard to cover everything because it's a three-day festival and uh, there were probably, you know, 80 different acts and we could only do an hour program, so we had to kind of pick and choose. And, um, you know, it's kind of like a sampling of Bluegrass Plus, uh, you know, and, and we try to get the feeling of the festival as well. I would say it's Bluegrass slash Americana. <laughs> okay. Americana probably covers pretty much everyone else. Exactly. It? Uh, it, uh, I love the opening. Uh, I honestly, I w did not remember that Earl Scruggs was still alive. Isn't that I, amazing? I was really glad to see that he was. I thought, wow, that's Earl. And so that so you see, and he can still pluck it. Oh, it, I, that's what I was going to say. You see him, and look, frankly, he looks rather old, and he's kind of shrunk, and his shoulders are a little slumped, and his face is 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 somewhat slack. It doesn't look like he's particularly focused on anything. And then he starts playing, and then the fingers are flying. It's like the Beverly Hillbillies in 1964 or something. I mean, it's unbelievable <laughs> it, it how good he was. Right. But, you know, uh, you're right. I mean, he, uh, you know, he looks a little out of it, but when he starts playing, I think he lives to play. You know, I really think it's not like he's propped up there. He's like really enjoys playing. 
he's got to be in his 80s, right? Yeah, he's in his early 80s. And he, uh, yeah, but I mean, he's not just there. He's not just a figurehead. I mean, he plays really, really well, and it's just as fast as, as, as you know, he ever has, or, or, or more or less. But you know, it's just that super clean rolling style, and of course, they're doing Foggy Mountain Breakdown, his his classic. Film. I think that one goes all the way back to Bill Monroe, his Bill Monroe days, doesn't it? Well, uh, you know, I frankly, I don't really know when he composed it, but I think he did compose it for the Bonnie and Clyde movie. So whenever that was, or maybe they just used it. He had that probably was composed 60s. it earlier, I, I think right. they actually, I think he uh, wrote it or co-wrote it all the way back in the late 40s. He he was the banjo player with the, with the Bill Monroe band. Oh, see, I didn't know that. What the late the, 40s, really. Oh, yeah, the you know, basically the inventors of, of bluegrass. Yes. Of, or, or what we now call bluegrass. Yes. And uh, yeah, he was he was in that band. I I recalled that. I, I did a did a big story one time on Bill Monroe. And man, this stuff just sticks in my brain. I try to get rid of it, and I can't. It's good knowledge. And then Doc Watson comes on, and I mean, you can't have a more salt of the earth figure than him. And it's really touching. It's he and his son are playing, right? Isn't that Merle? I assume. No, that isn't. You know, Merle passed away. Oh no! Yeah, that's that's a a guy named David Holt. He said, called him son. Ah, oh, that was dumb of me. That he that was a term. When did Merle? I I, I missed that. I can't believe it. Well, yeah, really, he did. That's terrible. Well, I'm sorry. No, very sad. I'm very sorry to hear that, um, Doc. If you're listening, uh, but it's it's a tremendous performance, and they play together really well. And I don't know. I mean, he calls him son. It's almost like. I mean, I know he did play with Merle. So anyway, that's very touching. And I guess since we've since we've started naming them, David Grisman's there, Allison Brown, Bella Fleck, Bela Fleck, Ricky Skaggs, and Kentucky Thunder, Guy Clark, Chris Smither, Teddy Thompson, Gillian Welch, Del McCory, Hazel Dickens, Charlie Leuven, Jim Lauderdale, Yorma Kalkinen, Subdubes. Dudes, Dave Alvin, Robert Earl Keane, Steve Earl, and Emmylou Harris. It really is a tremendous, tremendous lineup. I mean, it really is a Americana slash Bluegrass's greatest hits. I think you guys selected the performers and the performances uh, really well. You have everything from the very slick um, to, you know, a Bela Fleck, of course, is super slick, and Earl Scruggs, for that matter, and, and the... Uh, um, who else does that? Super fast. Oh, the Del McCurry doing the yes, they're breakdown. fantastic. That's, well, that's you know, I mean, and it was hard to pick the range, but we tried to get you know the you know kind of classic, legendary you know people as well as some you know new people, and of course to show what the festival is all about. It's not all about bluegrass, and to you know have some of the um, you know more contemporary bands as well. But it really was to sort of uh, represent the festival and, you know, the feeling that you get there, and I think it did that. Yeah, it really does. And, and, and as I said earlier, I think you do a real good job, especially in a limited time, giving a feel for the audience and, and the, uh, the ambience and the tone. And, yeah, it was. you're right, it's a beautiful day, beautiful blue skies, and it really comes through in the HD it's uh, it's really tremendous. You know, I, I kept thinking back to Woodstock. I mean, because it's so big, and you have the you have the free spirits running around, and there's, it's all ages too. And yeah, I mean, it looks like it was just a tremendous event. I'm interested in in uh, how how the actual show came to be. I know I think you said this is the seventh time they've done it. Uh, how did you uh, make arrangements with Austin City Limits to to put this together? I'm sure it was a really a major undertaking. Yeah, it was. You know, our um, new president, or he's not that new now, I think he's probably been here four or five years, but he came from Texas, and so he knew the people who produced Austin City Limits. They had done some things together when he was at um, a public station in Houston. And so he said, you know, we really ought to work with these guys. They're great. And and so we thought, well, why not this particular festival? You know, it would be perfect. So. We um, got them out here actually uh, not last year but the year before, but we just couldn't pull it together quickly enough, so we decided on last year, and 
you know, those Austin City Limits people are just so knowledgeable about the music scene, and they're so, you know, um, they have such a great rep uh, with the musicians that um, they could really pull this off, you know, because you have to get to the musicians, their agents, you know, you have to know um, the landscape, and they really brought all that to the project. So that was, all, you know, half the battle. What's your role as executive producer? Well, it's really to kind of make sure that um, everything, you know, all the parties are um, in agreement and to coordinate the responsibilities because it was not just um, us working with Austin City Limits, but we also had to work with the festival. And they're, they're used to kind of being a little bit, um, you know, they're, you know, kind of, even though it's well known, um, it's really a community event, and they 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 feel strongly that it needs to uh, be that way, and that they didn't want, you know, any kind of production to get in the way of people's enjoyment. So we had to make sure that we, um, you know, uh, respected that, and that we could um, we we did all of our work so that it, it had the least um, intrusive quality to it. So that's my responsibility, you know, to make sure that everybody is happy and gets what they need and, you know, balance all the priorities. Did and you have to separate the jelly beans? Separate the jelly beans, right, exactly. The black from the green. Exactly. Okay. Well, you know, you know how these bluegrass, you know their reputations, these bluegrass guys, they're temperamental. Is that right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're probably among the least temperamental of the musicians out there because typically, you know, they're not they're not always playing in grandiose settings, you know, they're even the big names play some, you know, intimate halls and are probably on pretty close terms with with a fair amount of their audience. There's probably a lot more fluidity between the audience and the performers in bluegrass than in, than in say arena rock, for example. Yeah, right. You're right there. We had no problems with the musicians. They were just great. Um you know, uh, they're they're very devoted to this festival because the man who puts it on really does it just for the love of the music. So they're really responsive, and you know they'll, you know they were very cooperative. Who's that? Who is who's the guy behind it? Um, the one, the person who who puts on this festival every year. His name is Warren Hellman. He's a local philanthropist, and he be, I think he started out as a venture capitalist. And then he just got fell in love with bluegrass. I don't I don't know when, but he he loved it so much that he puts on this festival every year. I mean, it's all out of his pocket. And it's so, free, right? What's that? It's free. Event. It's free. So, so I mean, all you know, expenses are uh, it's truly a, expensive. It's a major you know gift to the city. Wow, it really is. That's amazing. What um, I, I know you said one of your big tasks was to keep it uh, unobtrusive. How did you handle that technically? How did you guys put it together? How many cameras and all that kind of thing? Well, what we decided there, you know, there are many stages because it's a huge, uh, it's a huge event. Uh, we decided that we would just mainly focus on two stages and then just have sort of roving crews at the other stages because we couldn't really, um, cover all of the stages all of the time. So, you know, it, we we kept ourselves in one comp compound that was, you know, not, you know, in just one little area. And then we just sent cameras out and um, to those, those stages um, and then had remote control, remote um, connection with the directors in, in our compound. Well, I'm sure it was a complicated affair putting all that together, and and um, so all all your cameras now are HD. That's that's really cool. Yeah, I mean we we supplemented because we had 14 cameras, so we had to rent some cameras, but um, use some station cameras, and um, we try to do things like this in HD because there's such a demand for HD material, and this is the perfect kind of project for it. Oh, yeah, it is. It really works. I think it makes all the difference. Um, well, uh, as, as always, there's tons more we could talk about. Let's, let's tell people 
uh, quickly once again where they can see it. Uh, let me give the, the website where they can just get information on it, and I'm sure there's links to um, schedules there. www.austincitylimits.org is the is the easy way to do it. And you guys put up a, a, a Flickr site too, right? A Flickr page, right? Yeah, and that's on our um, KQED website, uh, which is at uh, kqed.org. And, uh, you know, people can, you know, see the, the photos that were taken by, you know, people who were there, you know, just everyday people. I, you know, hundreds of photos are, are up there. So they can check that out. And the show uh, debuts on your station, right? Yes, tomorrow? and you know um, we also have HD channels, so it's available for viewing on HD. And we, you know, that's our big push is to do as much HD production as possible. So um, they can view it on um, our SD or HD, and that's also you can see the listings for that at uh, kqed.org. Is PBS? itself putting it out in HD? Uh, yes. It's um, uh, via Austin City Limits. That's what will go out. So they'll, people can see it on SD or HD throughout the country. Well, the program is Austin City Limits Presents Hardly Strictly Bluegrass Festival. Uh, it will be on KQED in San Francisco this Friday night at, uh, well, like at 10 p.m. And check the listings for your local public television station beginning this Saturday, February 2nd. Thank you very much for spending time with us, Louise. Thank you. Well, let's, uh, let's start off. We're gonna, I'm going to introduce our next guest in a moment, but I want to start off with a, a clip from his upcoming EP. Greg Lavswell's album in 2006, Through Toledo, chronicled a painful period in his life and captured the attention of many around the country. Now he's written a new album focusing on more positive times, and on March 11th, he will release a six-song EP called How the Day Sounds. Welcome to BC Radio Live, Greg. Thank you. I just realized Greg is yet another San Diego guy. <laughs> right. Do you know yeah, Pierce yeah. the Veil? We had them on a couple weeks ago. They're from San Diego. That's right, yeah. Yeah, San Diego is full of good musicians. Yeah, it really is. And, of course, Philip is from San Diego. I am originally, yeah. It, it took a long time for me to quit describing myself as from San Diego. I've, I've lived in Dallas more than a decade, so I, I finally have started telling people I'm from Texas. But, yeah, I, I, right. still kind of, I remember San Diego quite well. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I actually just moved to LA um, this last year, so I'm, I'm, but I'm still, you know, claiming San Diego as my hometown. So, well, continue to do so. I think it's, I think it's a good hometown to have, even when you're not there. Right. Indeed. Now, you, you did get a lot of attention with your, uh, with your album through Toledo. I mean, you, you really were compared to a lot of big artists, and, and I think. Uh, you know, I've seen you. You state elsewhere that you seemed almost surprised by all the attention that you got. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I just I kind of um, did this album mostly for myself, and and then a, a good friend of mine, right about when I was about to release it on my own, and just you know I was just going to press like a thousand copies of it um, and sell it around town. Uh, she was appalled at that idea and kind of uh, encouraged me to to shop it around and, and, and see where it, where it would go. And, you know, I kind of humored her in a way. And, uh, and yeah, it, uh, it, 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 it went somewhere. So it was always, I'm still a little bit shocked at actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's interesting. He ended up at Vanguard, which is traditionally anyway, kind of a folk label. I think they're a lot, I think they're broader than that these days. And, you know, right. you do have a, a you're certainly a singer-songwriter, but your sound, um, you know, 
is, is a little more in the, the modern rock slash, you know, whatever, meaningless terms, but, you know, alternative type direction, I right. suppose, more than most on Vanguard. But uh, I think it's fitting, too, that, that you're, because you're clearly in that singer-songwriter tradition. So uh, it, it's interesting right. you're on Vanguard, I think. Yeah, well, I, you know, oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just no. You you go ahead. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, I think yeah. I think uh, I think lyrically, like the content and and the way I approach songs lyrically, it's definitely singer songwriter, and then it just kind of has a a little bit bigger sound behind it than the you know traditional singer songwriter would. But um, but yeah, I think it's a good fit. For, yeah, the for clip we already sorry, the clip we already played actually is is a song that was on your first album. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the the actual 30-second sample or so I played comes from the expanded edition that's going to be on your new EP where you added the Edison string section. So you can hear all the uh, violins and cellos in the background. Right. And you, it you're really... Absolutely. Let's <laughs> say that again. No, go ahead. Yeah, it sounds wonderful. I mean, uh, you know, to have string players play, you know, your little song... You know, while you're sitting there, is is pretty, you know, pretty amazing. So that was a really good experience for me to, um, you know, to be able to, uh, you know, release it again and just make it a little bit better than it was before. So, what's the idea behind the EP? Um, you know, you had you had the album, and we'll talk about that a little more. I guess um, there's some pretty um, pretty traumatic, you know, personal experiences behind that, and I think I think you did a pretty amazing amazing job translating that into art which is which is probably the best thing that you can do with such things and then the new one um as we understand it anyway is is coming from a lot more positive space and i guess we don't have a release that de- date yet on the actual album so um you you're doing an ep in between what 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 was the thinking behind that um well you know i've been i'd started uh i started to write you know, a bunch of new songs and, um, you know, halfway through writing some of these, I, I realized that, um, you know, they were about happier things. And, and, uh, you know, I, I think if you, if you, if you're going through a painful situation in your life, um, the first, the first time that you wake up and realize that you're not hurting anymore is, is kind of a wonderful moment. Um, and it kind of sneaks up on you. I mean, you know, it's very much like when you're sick. Like when you're sick, all you can think about is, is you know, being well again. And then the day that you finally do get well, um, sometimes it's easy just to forget that you were sick and you take it for granted and, and, and you know, you, you just continue on your way. And I think I'm trying to capture and hold on to that first moment where, you know, you you realize that you are okay, and then you made it through a hard time in your life, and uh, and that moment is is um, something that I tried to capture. And I, you know, I I think it's it's such a small moment that I think, and it's it's such a a, a short moment that I, I don't think I could, um, you know, spread it across an entire album. So I think an EP is is much more fitting just for that for that sort of um, stage in my life, and 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 you know, try to. I, mean, I, I I really like enjoy writing like complete albums and EPs about one single um, uh, time or 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 Theme. idea or yeah, and so uh, there just wasn't enough to um, on this particular theme to to do a full album. But um, I'm going to try to marry it to my next <laughs> album, and we'll see how it goes. I see. Interesting. Uh, is 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 there a specific song among the six on the EP that that reflects that moment, and and you stated that really well. That was a kind of a really I could really feel what you're talking about. The you know the moment where you I went through a divorce myself. Uh, it's been a while now, but man, you know it took me five years. Oh yeah, man, it's a hard thing. I mean, I'd rather break both my legs and both my arms, and you know because yeah, that pain is just something that you can't really really uh, describe unless you've gone through it, obviously. So. Did you have children? No, I didn't have children. That makes it a little easier, but still. Yeah, a, yeah. So, was that really the foundation of of the the last album? Was that experience? Yeah, I mean that that happened, and then you know the only thing I could do at that time was was just to you know I had to put it somewhere, and so it started off as a very selfish act on my part because I really was just trying to 
you know, get stuff out and, um, and kind of process, you know, what had happened and, and, uh, find my place in it. And, um, so that's pretty much, I think there's only one song on the album that doesn't deal with, with that event. So, um, yeah, it was pretty much the, you know, the entire album hinged on that for sure. Well, it's, it's extremely difficult. And, and, um, I, I think, you know, seriously, I mean, you say it's selfish. I know you're uh, half kidding anyway, but that really probably is the best thing you can do. With it. I mean, if you're an artist, you know, you turn emotion into art, and that ends up being an extremely, you know, public event. Now, wh- right. what's your background prior to that? How, I mean, how did you become a musician in the first place? Had, had you recorded prior to that, or have you been in bands? What's your background leading up to the first album? Yeah, um, I, I've been in a, a couple of bands, which uh, I, I think it's very difficult to find them online, which is probably a good thing, <laughs> because they're absolutely terrible. Um, oh, I'm sure they weren't terrible. <laughs> it's all just relative. Know, yeah. It just means you're good now, that's all. Yeah, yeah. I, I, had, a, I had a few bands in high school and early college that were uh, were, were pretty... Yeah, we'll, we'll just say that I'm glad they're, they're, you can't find them online. <laughs> were you doing originals yeah. or covers or both? Yeah, or? yeah, we were doing originals. They were both uh, both band situations, and and, um, and then I was in a the last band I was in was a band called Chill Glen, and it was kind of a you know I was I was writing all the songs and then kind of had a band behind it, and then um, the band took a break for about three months and. I continued to work on music and, and start recording a solo project, and then when it came time for us to reconvene, I, I, I kind of made the decision, you know, to continue doing what I had started <clears throat> during the break. And so then I released my first um, solo album, which is called Good Movie. And then, uh, but you know, I was married at the time and was just playing around town. Didn't really push all that much for it. Um, and Did you sold it self-release? You know, yeah, right. And then uh, that led into through Toledo. I see. I see. Well, it sounds like you've made, you know, really great strides in not all that long a time. Um, it's it's really impressive. And man, looking at your looking at your MySpace, which I've realized now in this day and age is is really an indication of of uh, of a performer's you know connection with an audience. And man, you got a you have a massive massive fan base. It's really quite amazing when i look at the number of plays and you know the number of uh profile views and your and your friends and everything when did you start there i guess it says uh uh 04 you started on myspace that was pretty early really yeah right it was um yeah i, I started with you know back when it was actually i first started as not even as a musician i just started because a friend told me about it and you know i hopped on and then i rejoined as a musician when they added that i think they added that a little bit later where you could you know because you can join as a like a musician where you have a, a music player and all that or you can join as you know a, a, a dude a dude so <laughs> first dude, you were a you know. dude huh oh yeah i was a dude for a while i was the dude <laughs> excellent from the big lebowski yeah i thought i recognized you Let's play another sample from the upcoming EP. This will be 30 seconds of a song called Embrace Me. Do you have anything you want to say about that, Greg? Um, Yeah, I, I guess we can talk about it after. Okay, here we go. Very nice. I really like how how varied your vocals are from the from the high, um, you know, somewhat reminiscent. I mean, you can't help but not not that you're derivative, but you can't help but hear a little little Coldplay, uh, right. little Radiohead to to that one. You know, it, it's it, completely in a different area, and yet it always sounds like you. I, I think I think you're really um, doing a lot with your voice, and I think that will will serve you well. I, I think oh, thank you. I, I think we will end up hearing, you know, 
quite a lot from you. Have you been approached by uh, any majors yet? Is that something that's uh, an issue at this point? No, not. I mean, I have, but I, you know, I, I, um, I think, you know, I have a really good thing going with the label I'm with. They, they treat me really well. They let me, you know, do my my thing and and uh, and then you know support me. I think we've been lucky enough so far to work. You know, everything that I've turned into them, they've liked, <laughs> and uh, and so it's it's been a really good relationship. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the I, I think I have a few more albums with them, and um, just going to continue to get on the road as much as I can, and and uh, and and you know just kind of keep chipping away at it. But I'm certainly happy where I'm at right now. Well, it, it sounds like it, and it sounds like you do have a, a real good situation. As usual, I interrupted. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about Embrace Me and how that came about? Right. Actually, you know, it's funny because it's 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 one of the sad songs on the album, and uh, and it's one that I didn't write um, for myself. I actually wrote it um, as a you know I, I got this opportunity to to submit a song for a John Cusack movie, um, and it was about. Uh, you know, he, his his wife passed away, and he took he takes I think he takes like three days to tell his kids you know, uh, while they're driving across the country, and so there's like this 45 second you know scene in the movie where I had to kind of write you know a song from his point of view, and um, and so that it uh, it didn't get picked up ultimately, but but I had you know about a minute's worth of of this song that I really fell in love with. So I went back and finished it and then kind of wrote the, the rest of it back towards myself. And, uh, it, it kind of worked out. It was kind of one of those, you know, good surprises. Sometimes I'll spend weeks and weeks and weeks on a song and then end up throwing it away. And then sometimes I'll spend, you know, a day on a song and it'll, it'll be one of my favorites. So that is really funny. That really shows it. I mean, you just never know, you know, what the origins will be and, and things that seem, you know, from the outside, perhaps more artificial. In other words, you were coming in to, you know, to write a song for a character. Uh, you know, can turn out to to come out much more easily and 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 really feel, you know, real and and uh, and personal. Feel organic in the end. You just you never know where they're going to come from. I guess. Right. Very interesting. Well, we we mentioned a tour, and uh, it looks like I'm looking at your MySpace page. You might as well tell everyone. Where that is, it's the usual www.myspace.com slash Greg Laswell, L-A-S-W-E-L-L. And it uh, looks like you're playing um, Southern California and the Southwest. Uh, whoa, and then you hop over to London in April. Wow, that's exciting. Have you done that before? Yeah. I have, you know, I've been in London. I haven't played, um, you know, this is going to be a full month that um, I'm going to be in the U.K., so I haven't done that yet. I've only played a few shows in London, so I'm pretty excited about that. Wow. It's a good way to, it's a good, good way to see the, the country, you know. Sure. Do you have a listenership there? I mean, have you heard from people uh, in the U.K.? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I mean uh, yeah, a little bit, just through MySpace. Um, it'll be the first time that I, you know, go across there and, and get in front of, um, you know, a, a couple big um, audiences. So, um, to a lot of them, I'll be a new artist. So I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. Do you approach a crowd that uh, that is, you know, more or less new to you differently from one where you know that they know you? You know, like if you're playing San Diego or something. Uh, yeah, you do actually. You know, the ones that don't know you at all, um, I think you end up trying a bit harder and. Um, Yet, you know, the, the ones that do know you, I, I end up getting more nervous for the ones that do know me because, you know, the ones that do know me have a certain expectation that they come with. And so I get more nervous about those shows, and, and I get perhaps a little bit more excited about the ones that, that no one really knows who I am. What do you do to deal with uh, to deal with pre-show nerves? Uh, I just have a few whiskeys. <laughs> <laughs> the age-old... Yeah. Tried and true, standard approach. Yeah. Never more than two, because then you make a fool of yourself. Right, yeah. right. You don't want to slur. You got to remember. So, so when you play now, do you play as a trio? Is it you on piano and then drums and bass? Actually, yeah, it depends. It depends on the on the show and 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 um, you know what what kind of tour it is. Um, I have a Brandon who, who always plays with me. He plays guitar, and then I go back and forth between piano and guitar, and then other times we'll have a full band with a, a drummer and a bass player as well. 
Oh, so it's either duet or a quartet then. Yeah, right. I see. And sometimes there's five people up there making a bunch of noise. So, so now, you, uh, you, so you're on, you're going to be on this hotel hotel cafe tour uh, from March through May, but then interrupting that, or perhaps as part of that, right in the middle of that, you're going to be appearing at South by Southwest this year. Right. Yeah. Indeed. So you're, you'll actually be out in uh, in my name, my neck of the woods in Dallas, but uh, never making it up to Ohio or uh, the Northeast. Sorry, Eric and Lisa. Yeah, I'd, I'd sure like to see Greg. I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, you know, I, I, I never. I try not to pretend that that I know. You know, our, people's music uh, when when I didn't. So I mean, I just became familiar now. I, I knew the name. I actually had the 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 '06 album. And I had. I remember listening to it and enjoying it. But I. I hadn't poured myself into it, but going preparing for this show, yeah. I mean, I've listened to the EP and the album a couple times now, and really enjoyed it. I really think you're a, a an artist to be reckoned with. Oh, great! Well, thank you. Very enjoyable. There's a lot of, you know, again, I'm always hesitant to toss out the references to other artists because it makes you sound derivative, and I don't I don't have that sense at all. I mean, it really does always sound like you, but. But you know, it's always nice when you have someone who sounds like themselves and yet has a lot of variety. I mean, you know, you have a, you have a really nice upper register, and then you have that very intimate lower range too, and um, the, that came across really well on on the on the second song, the Embrace Me. That was that was way on the other end. So Philip made good choices in putting the tunes together. I think he's got one more lined up. I, I do. I thought we'd actually close out with uh, what I thought was kind of the most uh, perhaps upbeat turning the corner on getting over your uh, relationship issues. Uh, I've got a 30-second sample of How the Day Sounds, the title track from the EP. Cool. Well, March 11th is the date. Look for How the Day Sounds from Greg Laswell then and check out his MySpace page in the meantime at myspace.com slash greglaswell, G-R-E-G-L-A-S-W-E-L-L. He will be touring throughout the Southwest and then throughout all of Europe and uh, on the Hotel Cafe Tour. And here is a sample of the title track from his upcoming EP on March 11th, How the Day Sounds. Super Bowl 42 is in Arizona this Sunday, February 3rd, with kickoff scheduled for 6.15 p.m. Eastern Time, 3.15 Pacific. And there is a new online game that's changing the way many people watch football. It's called Call the Play Football, and it's at airplay.com. Here to tell us about Call the Play Football and the Airplay Super Bowl Challenge is the CEO of airplay.com, Morgan Gunther. Welcome to BC Radio Live, Morgan. Hey, delighted to be here. It's very good to have you. We, you know, we had our one of our uh, our sports hosts call into the show earlier. If he calls back, maybe we'll try to put him on and and see if he can really dig some football questions out of you. <laughs> all right, all right, uh, fair enough. Well, I'm delighted to be here, and uh, I don't know what your listeners know about uh, airplay, but let me give you the the uh, elevator uh, pitch here. You know, and and it's really let's talk about the Super Bowl. That I'm getting on a plane here uh, in a few hours, heading down there. Um, you know, we're the guys. We really deliver our, our business is to deliver multiplayer games, multiplayer experience around televised sports and entertainment events, and we do that on uh, mobile phones as well as on the web. Uh, so you've got a single community of, of people playing. And the most important thing is that it's real time. So the results of the game, the results of, uh, of uh, you know, my play are determined by what's happening on the field. This isn't about a game that sits on a cell phone or uh, like a video game or anything. You're really getting into the action on the field itself. And in the call to play game, NFL call to play, we, uh, we put you in the position of, of an offensive coordinator. And, you know, if you think on Sunday, you're in the first quarter, you think uh, Eli's going deep to uh, Plaxico, um, you think the, the uh, Patriots may blitz, you, you go ahead and enter that. You make your prediction before the snap of the ball. 
after the snap, you're locked out. You watch what, what the play is, and instantly, as soon as, the, as soon as the result on the field occurs, you learn how you did, and you learn how di- you did against your buddies. You learn how you did against a national TV audience. And at the Super Bowl, we've got, a guy, we've got Mercury Morris playing as one of our celebrity players, so you'll see, uh, you'll see how you did against the Merc. It's, uh, you know, our model is all about just getting you more engaged with, more excited, more dialed into uh, what's happened on the field. And, you know, not to move away from the Super Bowl too quickly, but we do this with other sports. We've got a terrific game, uh, NBA Real-Time Fantasy. Find it on NBA.com, Airplay.com, as well as on uh, your cell phone. Uh, we do some similar things in the game show area. We just signed a deal with uh, Endemol, and we're delivering a live experience around deal or no deal. In fact, what time is it? Quarter of seven. I think there's uh, there's a show on tonight. And again, our model is really let's let's get get more deeply engaged with the programming, uh, and that's what this is about. But we're jazzed. We're uh, what's happening in the Super Bowl is going to be very cool. We got a lot of ton of promotion going on. We got a lot of prizing. Um, and, you know, we're doing some Super Bowl party uh, things. I'm doing some live pieces up on the Fox Network uh, with Merck, and, uh, and we're excited. It's always, a good, it's always a good culmination of the season. Yeah, it looks like for the Super Bowl challenger, actually, people are going to have a chance to win a big HDTV, a 52-inch Samsung HDTV, and a number of other prizes every quarter. So it's not just for uh, scoring points on the Internet. There's actually real real prizes involved in it. Yeah, so think about this. I mean, you know, the Super Bowl is a culmination, but we've done, we've produced every NFL game this year. So if you register with AirPlay and and for the NFL, you can do it on NFL.com, you can do it on AirPlay.com, or you can do it on your mobile phone, Sprint, Verizon, Singular, or now the new AT&T, I guess I'll call it. Um, You know, you can play every NFL game that you want to, every game all year, uh, we produce. Uh, you can create your own groups. You can compete against your buddies, uh, and we prize. We uh, there's a skill-based prize every quarter of every game. Uh, there's also a sweepstakes prize. So for the Super Bowl, I think we're doing. Uh, yeah, we've got a Samsung 52-inch uh, HD TV as the uh, grand prize, a sweepstakes for anybody who comes in and plays. And then we've got some gift certificates, Amazon gift certificates. I think 500 bucks a quarter. If you're the number one player that quarter, you get. You get 250, and there's a sweepstakes for another 250. So, yeah, we we've pri- we do prizing skill based across the board for all our games or all our sports games. And you know, it's it's uh, you know if you if you talk to people who who are air players, it's really about the competition. It's about the community. Uh, it's about just you know connection. And well, let me let me ask yeah. you about that. This really makes me think of times that I've spent in, you know, a, a sports bar, sitting around tables, you know, shouting out informally to other tables and to, and to the usual friends over a couple of pictures, perhaps, you know, what what's going to happen, what's going to happen. This this seems like you're taking that and you're 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 giving it to me in my home on my cell phone. How how well does this work in some kind of a, a group environment? Would I have over a half dozen friends to watch the game and play Absolutely. together? Absolutely. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, you know, the, the beauty of, of this, and it, you know, we don't need to get into the technology here, but it's tough to do um, because we're delivering an experience across handsets, across uh, different networks, across the Internet, all joined up uh, and synced up into the live, uh, the live event itself. But, look, you know, the idea here is I, I, I am going to play along with the Super Bowl. I'm going to play along with my fa- favorite NFL and NBA team. It doesn't matter where I am. I might be at the bar. Uh, with maybe a couple pictures. Let me say one picture there. Uh, maybe at the bar. I may be at home. I may be uh, in an airport. Uh, it doesn't really matter. I hook up with my friends, and, and I compete. And you know what? I see how they're doing uh, real-time against me for my own bragging rights or whatever else I may have riding on it. And when we talk about and when you and, and when you're all in one room, it's also terrific. We, uh, we have, uh, you know, we suggest things like handing out your own awards in addition to what we offer, uh, teaming up, you know, for the Super Bowl. It's, you, you can have, you know, AFC, maybe, maybe Giants versus Pats, and maybe parents versus kids, guys versus girls. Um, you know, it, it's, really, it's really a competition, however you want to set it up, however you want to structure it. That's, that's what this is really about. 
Hey, uh, Morgan. This is uh, Matt Sussman, uh, Blog Critic Sports Editor. And uh, I, I've heard a rumor that uh, whoever uh, one of the other prizes you were talking about, the, the cool prizes, and I would actually love to have a bigger TV. Uh, but is one of the prizes actually you do get to coach the Washington Redskins next year? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. We. Uh, it, it turns out that uh, they need an offensive coordinator in any event, so uh, that's one of the prizes here. Um, there's probably going to be a few more openings. So yeah, that's that's uh, that's something we could do. I'm. Um, and, you know, like I say, we've got, in this case, we've got uh, Mercury. You know, over the year, we've had a number of celebrities playing. We do it, we, we've had our own deal with the NFL, just like we have with the NBA. We've had, uh, I think this year we had Brady Quinn out. We had uh, uh, Bob Sanders at one point. And this year we've got, or this game we've got Merck because, you know, he, you can tell who he's rooting for. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, so... I, I might tell Merrick, my heart's with the Giants, but my money's with the uh, with the Patriots. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, it's uh, you may end up being becoming the, if not the coach, the offensive coordinator of the Redskins. Or you can at least put it on your resume. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Of course, you only last a few weeks, and then then you'll be rotated out. But that's all right. This is Eric Olson. I wanted to say hi. Uh, hey, how are you, Eric? I'm I'm great. Hey, I, I'm really curious. How many people will be playing? Do you think? Well, you know, it depends. We're still early stage. We've, uh, you know, we don't do a lot of uh, advertising. We're a venture-backed company, and so our marketing is really through NFL. We've got a lot up on NFL.com if you head there, especially NFL Fantasy and the like. Um, so far this year, we've probably had about, you know, two, we've had about 200,000 people who've touched the product. Okay, and then the way we measure it ultimately is you know, how many simultaneous players might we have at any given time in any game, and uh, and you know it may go from low-rated games, not to not to uh, not to point fingers at the Chiefs uh, or something <laughs> like that, but you know maybe from a low-rated game to something like the Packers game. I guess we may have ten, fifteen thousand people playing live at the game on uh, uh, the Super Bowl, and and moving forward as we begin to promote this a bit more, and and people take advantage of the private groups and the ability to diss their buddies and all that. We think we'll. We'll start seeing much larger numbers. We're obviously set up. The the, the technology is set up to really handle um, many, many, many simultaneous players. And and you know the beauty of it is I'm either you know I, I personally I like competing against a national audience. I don't win very often, uh, but I like competing against that. But I also love. I just love getting in there with my buddies. And uh, I'm a uh, I'm a big 49er fan out here. It's been a boy. It's been a dry spell, but uh, um, you know we like uh, we like competing and, and teeing it up that way. So I, I'd expect you know ten, fifteen thousand, maybe more people playing this this Sunday and having a blast. Well, it sounds like it's a fun, real fun way to invest in the game that's not nearly as potentially damaging to your life as say gambling. <laughs> yeah, I, I will tell you this game. I'll give you an example. This game is an intense game. Because we we do it in four one quarter tournaments, and you want to be out, you want to be calling every play. So you miss a few plays. There are there are some guys out here that are uh, that are so good. You don't want to miss too many plays and and drop down on the national leaderboard at least. So it's an intense game. Generally, I'm telling my wife uh, to exit in a nice way uh, for the quarters I'm playing. Um, and then you flip it over. But that's the way football is. I'm sitting there. I'm paying attention and. Uh, I, I'm pretty deeply engaged, and yeah, I'm calling the plays. I, you know, I can double up on any play. I can, uh, I can uh, predict blitz. I can predict, you know, uh, Brandon up the middle on a drop play. You know, I, I, I'm really the guy making those calls. Now, in our basketball game uh, with the NBA, which is again a terrific game, I encourage everybody to take a look at it, especially as we, you know, we got All Star coming up in New Orleans here in a couple weeks, and. Uh, and we got a, got a pretty exciting second half of that season. It's more of a real-time fantasy game, and, and the way that one works is, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit down, I'm going to pick the five guys that I think are going to be hottest on the floor at any given time. And, uh, and it can be all Warriors, it can be all Lakers, whomever. I'm going to pick those five guys on points, assists, rebounds. I'm going to lose a point every time somebody misses a shot. I'm going to get some special bonuses for dunks and steals. I'm going to sit back and watch the game, and I'm going to substitute in and out. It's a less intense game, but I sure as hell need to know who, uh, you know, who, who's, uh, I need to know my players, I need to know the bench, and, you know, last year when the Warriors were on their run, I was winning games, I was, I was doing pretty well, having four or five Warriors in there. So, it's a, it isn't a, it isn't a homebreaker, it's uh it's a terrific, both are terrific games, 
Uh, we find that women tend to like the football game a lot uh, and and spend time with it. So, and you can you can play a quarter, you can play the whole game. People tend to once they get in, they, they tend to play the whole game. Sounds like you should play it on the phone for ease of access to the rest. Oh yeah, I mean, well, I mean, the internet is nice, right? So you're sitting there with your hand with your uh, PC and and everything. But the beauty of the phone is. You know, you take it anywhere with you. Uh, it's it's easy once you get used to the interface. You know, you got to get used to the interface and and understand and and the pacing of the game because again, you're you're getting locked out. What we call a lockout. You got to make your prediction before the snap. And uh, so you know, you can wait to the last minute, see the lineup, see if Eli's back in the shotgun or not. But you know, you risk missing that play. So um, I, I like the phone. A lot of people like the internet side of it. Um, yeah, I. I, I'm ambivalent. I'm, I guess I'm agnostic. I, I, say, I, I tell people, let me play. I don't care where I am, what the device is. Just let me play and get connected up. How did all this come about? I mean, where did how the idea? Uh... Yeah, you know, the idea was, uh, you know, we, we started the company about three years ago and worked quite a bit on the technology, raised some money. Did the I had been president of uh, TiVo before this, and it, so I'd spent a lot of time in in the kind of the TV technology, disruptive technology area. But really, you know, we started looking at what was happening around um, around TV, and you know, we knew that we had 85, 90 percent mobile phone penetration in the U.S. We knew that TV viewing was more popular than it ever was. I think it was something like 30 hours a week on average last year, and we knew that people wanted to get more involved and deeper involved with their programming. Um, They've got their cell phones with them when they're watching TV. We got 500 million votes for American Idol last year. We got Lucky Case on Deal or No Deal with 60 million votes. You got all this stuff going on right now. People are actually they're there with their cell phones or their or their PCs and they're interacting. And so we looked at it and said, "Geez, you know, it's really interesting if we can take big events, uh, national or televised events, events that aggregate audience already." Um, I'm already there. It's not like I'm trying. I'm not trying to move content to the handset or you know show a bunch of pixels. I'm not trying to do Madden on my handset. I'm already there in front of my you know 52 inch plasma, um, and you know I've got my phone. I'm connecting with my buddies. Why not create an experience around that? And so you know it felt like the the business indicators were there. Um, we obviously did a fair amount of research on this. Um, and that people, especially in the key age groups, 18 to 34, 18, 18 to 40, really, you know, this is something they wanted to do. So we uh, we spent quite a while working on the technology, figuring out, you know, if you could do it. We baited last year. We partnered up with NFL and, uh, and NBA right away, um, partnered up with the big wireless carriers and said, look, let's try it out. So that's, um, and, and ultimately, you know, it's about TV. It's about the uh, the you know the the value proposition for advertisers for um, for networks for leagues I think I think we've got Samsung sponsoring the our game on NFL.com and Bud Light over at NBA.com so you know there's there's some good revenue opportunity here as well but you know we love sports um, we love TV and uh, it just looked you know I, I like big ideas that that have uncapped upside even though you gotta every time you try to Talk to people and 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 explain to them con- new concepts like this. It takes a while, but once they touch it, um, you know it all works. So, classic startup story, great idea, uncapped upside. Now let's see if we can pull it off. Well, AirPlay.com is the home of Call to Play Football. There are also NBA games and game show games, and the AirPlay Super Bowl Challenge. Uh, looks like people do need to register before the actual game starts. So be sure right. to check it out. Uh, you know, tonight, tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday morning, any time up until kickoff, I suppose. Although I guess since it's a quarter at a time, they can register sometime at the half and still manage to get in there uh, for the fourth quarter at least. Yeah, they they can register anyway. The, the the phone is a download, so you download the application. You got to go through your carrier. The uh, uh, the website is off the web again. Go to NFL.com or go to AirPlay.com. Register free on uh, on the web. And uh, we've got a, uh, a download fee, a subscription fee over on the, on the cell phone, and uh, go either way. And, yeah, you can jump in any time. Very good. Well, thank you to Morgan Gunther of AirPlay.com and to Greg Laswell, whose new EP, How the Day Sounds, drops March 11th. 
to Louise Lowe of Austin City Limits Presents Hardly Strictly Bluegrass Festival premiering this weekend, and to Matt Sussman for talking with us uh, earlier and then coming back again to drop in a little smart-ass question. Tune in this Friday night at 8 p.m. and then at 9 p.m. Eastern Time for Treehouse Sport, followed by Frozen Chosen. And check out the full schedule of BC Radio Network shows at blogcritics.org slash bcradio. This has been BC Radio Live. We broadcast live every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. So be sure to visit blogtalkradio.com slash bcradio. Type in your questions and comments in the chat room and watch the live video feed. If you missed the live broadcast, audio archives are available online, or you can subscribe to the podcast to have BC Radio Live delivered to you each week for listening on the portable music device of your choice. Until next week, aloha. Aloha.